I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need scripture reading today is found in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 24. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, 
your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. When you don't part the water, 
been someone who enjoys watching and reading the news every single day. I want to be informed about what's happening around the world and even in my own community. As a pastor, I believe it's important to understand our world if we as followers of Jesus Christ are going to offer hope to this world. But I must admit that over the past few months, there have been days that I have found it difficult to read the news to watch the news. I've become weary of it all, just too much at times. Sometimes I just choose to skip being caught up in exchange for a little reprieve, a little break, some peace. Now media sources are aware that this is a common experience for many of us, and they are deliberately inserting uplifting and positive stories into their newscasts to lessen the anxiety of those who are watching or who are reading. One of my favorite positive stories over the past few months is about the response to the COVID pandemic by seven-year-old Kavanaugh Bell from Maryland in the USA. Look at all this food we got. He's the little guy making a big difference. Kavanaugh Bell saw his 74-year-old grandma walking to the grocery store and decided not on his watch. I thought she shouldn't be walking to the grocery store because it's coronavirus season. So I decided to make care packs for her. But then he had another noble idea. I just got all this food. He made care packages for all the senior citizens in his neighborhood, wiping out his entire life savings, 600 bucks. He even personally delivered the food. Kavanaugh's kindness caught the attention of many and donations began rolling in. A food pantry has been opened and more recently, his organization, Cool and Dope, is sending tractor-trailer loads of food supplies to a First Nations reserve that is one of the poorest communities in all of the United States. Seven-year-old Kavanaugh Bell sparked this tremendous response by deciding to not hoard up his life savings of $600, but to instead use what he had to help others. Last week, we launched a five-week sermon series entitled Letting Go. And over the next few weeks, we'll be addressing some things that we must let go of in order to experience the quality of life that God desires for each of us. So today, we will be considering a portion of Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 regarding the priority that we are to place on material things. We will be reminded today 
that to live our lives under God's care and provision, we will need to let go of the pursuit of material things that distract us from full devotion to him. Now, Jesus often used practical illustrations in his teaching to simplify the message that he desired to communicate and make it easier for the listener to understand and most importantly, to respond. In this short passage that we'll be considering today, only six verses long, Jesus used three different illustrations and we are gonna consider each of them briefly today. The first is treasure. Now, treasure is a reference to anything that we value, that we have affection for, that we protect carefully, that's important to us. And so in our passage, Jesus addresses two categories of treasure, earthly treasure and heavenly treasure. Symbols of wealth in Jesus' time were referenced with three main areas, clothing, grain, and gold. Now, those who were well off would own multiple sets of clothing, and it would be expensive clothing. Expensive clothing was as good as money in this culture. And garments that were not being worn were stored away for safekeeping. When Jesus referred to this type of treasure, he used the word destroy or ruin because moths would eat the clothing. The valuable treasure would become fragile, destroyed just by touching it, picking it up. Grain was stored in barns. And so Jesus uses the word rust now, the word rust here is not the same word that we would consider with metal, when metal would become rusty. It actually means to be eaten by pests, rodents, worms, etc. And so that would be a common occurrence when grain was accumulated and stored up for a long period of time. There were no banks in Jesus' day. And so wealthy people often buried their gold under the mud floor of their houses. Thieves were often called diggers. I guess they were gold diggers in Jesus' time because the walls of the homes were made from dried mud or clay. And the thieves would burrow through the walls into the floor and steal the treasure. Jesus was teaching them that these things that society deemed valuable were not worth pursuing because they were fragile, earthly treasures that had no eternal value and could easily be lost, stolen, or destroyed. Instead, they should pursue heavenly treasure that would not decay or be stolen. Heavenly treasure was the reward of living their lives centered on the principles of God's kingdom. And so Jesus began with these words, do not store up treasures for yourselves here on earth. Jesus' concern was not with acquiring. His concern was with accumulating and how one used what they had accumulated. Jesus was teaching them that anyone who desired to follow him and be a part of the kingdom of God should not engage in accumulating more than was needed and hoarding it up for themselves. Because in doing so, the things accumulated would inevitably become the object of their affection, 
becoming more important to the person than a relationship with God, than caring for others, than living kingdom life. Because where your treasure is, your love, your priorities, and your heart will be there also. Secondly, light. Jesus shifted from focusing on treasure to focusing on the eyes in order to further teach on this issue of priorities. Now, eyes make sight possible, but more specifically, light entering into the eyes make sight possible. And so Jesus previously referred to two types of treasure. Now he refers to two types of eyes, unhealthy eyes and healthy eyes. Unhealthy eyes literally meant the evil eye, the evil eye. This was a common phrase in Jesus' day. It referenced a person who was greedy, someone who selfishly looked at things, looked at what others had, what was available to be had, and desired to have it. A person's greed and pursuit of material things and obsession with accumulating things would prohibit the light of God from entering into their lives, and they would become blind to truth, and it would disorient their lives and keep them from going where they should go. Now, another common phrase in this culture was single eye and was used to refer to one who gave to others with open-hearted generosity. In Jesus' teaching, these people had healthy eyes. There were people who had acquired varying amounts of material gain, but instead of accumulating it and keeping it all for themselves, they would give it away to others. They would do this because they were not attached to their wealth. Their hearts were not attached to their money. Their hearts were attached to the kingdom of God, to helping other people. Their lives were filled with light. Their actions were influenced by the principles of the kingdom of God. They knew freedom. They were not weighed down by the worry and anxiety of life. They knew real joy because they discovered that living based on the kingdom of God meant living in the light. Jesus was teaching them that what they value would impact their lives. Greed and accumulation would bring darkness, but generosity would bring light, joy, and meaning. Thirdly, loyalty. Jesus understood that the tendency of human nature is to devote one's loyalty and life to serving and being committed to what one values most. In the final section of this passage, Jesus makes the statement, no one can serve two masters. It was possible in this culture for a servant to be owned by two masters, but while it was possible to be owned by two masters, to have two masters, practically it was not possible for the servant to do justice in serving both masters equally. Somewhere along the way, the demands of both would be presented and a decision would have to be made by the servant concerning which one of them they would serve. Now, serving required total, absolute, undivided commitment. When a person attempted to serve two masters, Jesus said inevitably, the servant would love one 
and hate the other or despise the other. Now, it's important for us to understand what the words love and hate mean here, because they do not mean what we consider them to mean in our culture, in our day. The word love in this context means to accept or to choose. And the word hate means to reject or not choose. And so when one servant attempted to serve two masters, eventually there would be a conflict and a test of loyalty and a decision would have to be made to choose one over the other, to accept one and not accept the other. Jesus emphatically states here, you cannot serve God and money, materialism. It's not possible. And so there is a choice between trusting God to provide for you or providing for yourself. There's a choice between acquiring and giving generously and acquiring and accumulating it all for yourself. And so Jesus was teaching them that they would have to choose loyalty either to the priorities of a materialistic culture or to the priorities of the kingdom of God. In terms of application this morning, it's important to begin with understanding that Jesus is not teaching here that we shouldn't work hard and earn money. That's not what he's teaching. It's important to understand that Jesus is not advocating that we not prepare or plan for the future. That's not what he's saying. The Bible never tells us that money is evil. It tells us that the love of money is evil. The Bible doesn't tell us that acquiring is wrong. It teaches us that accumulating excess for ourselves when there are others around us who are in need, that is wrong. Jesus calls his followers to stop storing up and start sharing out. Jesus is teaching that those who are his followers are to live different than those who are not. His followers are to seek his kingdom first. In God's kingdom, financial priorities are a key indicator of spiritual maturity and obedience to him. I believe that being a follower of Jesus in the North American context can be very challenging for us in terms of prioritizing our finances and our attitudes concerning materialism. North American culture celebrates materialism. North American culture celebrates a selfish attitude towards finances. North American culture worships capitalism while at the same time often labels care for the marginalized as socialism. Interestingly, the Gospels label care for the marginalized as evidence that the kingdom of God is breaking in upon us. It is not easy for us in the North American culture to live what Jesus is teaching in this passage. It just is not easy. We have been raised this way. We have been taught these things. We have lived among it for so long that it just becomes natural to us to think in materialistic terms. It just does. We can defend ourselves. We can justify ourselves. We can argue about it all we want. But if we were to be honest today, 
Many of us struggle, most of us struggle, to live like Jesus is teaching us in this passage. I am convinced that if we were able to live like Jesus is asking in this passage, our neighborhoods would be different. Our communities would be different. Our local churches would be different. Our world would be different. Statistics Canada released a report in November of 2020, just a few months ago, regarding the savings pattern of Canadians during the pandemic. Many have suffered financially during the past year. There's no question. About one third of all Canadians say who were surveyed that they will never recover from the financial hardships that they endured. Yet, Many others have actually done quite well. Prior to COVID, the average savings rate for Canadians was approximately two to 3% of one's income, two to 3%. During the COVID pandemic of 2020, the average Canadian savings rate at the same period rocketed to approximately 28.2%. With things locked down, people started spending less. They couldn't do the things that cost money anymore. They discovered that some of what they spent their money on before was not really that important anymore. And so Statistics Canada estimates that Canadians have accumulated approximately $90 billion, $90 billion and businesses in Canada have accumulated approximately $80 billion during this time. And they are interested to see what people are going to do with these increased savings. Now, economists are hoping that Canadians go on a spending spree to kickstart the economy. Now, as I considered this report, I believe that followers of Jesus find themselves in both of these scenarios. Some have been seriously impacted and life may never be the same for many of them. And some, on the other hand, have benefited during this time and have actually been able to accumulate excess. And so my prayer for us is this, that we, the followers of Jesus, will not deter from the teachings of Jesus in the midst of this pandemic that if we find ourselves on the accumulating end of things, that we'll consider how we can best serve the kingdom of God, those who are struggling, and not our own desires. This is not a time to disengage in the kingdom of God. It is a time to engage like we have never engaged before. So in conclusion this morning, if we desire to live kingdom life, if we desire to follow the teachings of Jesus, if we desire to live our lives under God's care and provision, we will need to let go of the pursuit of material things that distract us from full devotion to him. my eyes up to the 
mountains Where does my help come from? My help comes from you Maker of heaven Creator of the earth Oh how I need you Lord You are my my only prayer, so I will wait for you to come and rescue me, come and give me life. I lift my eyes up to the mountains, where does my comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. Oh, how, oh, how I need you, Lord. You are my only hope. You're my only prayer. So I will wait for you. Come and rescue me, come and give me life, oh, I need you, Lord, you are my only hope, you're my only prayer, so I will wait for you to come and Come and give me life, come and give me life, Jesus, come and give me life. I lift my eyes up to the mountains, where does my help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth, creator of the earth. Yes, Lord God, thank you, God. Our help comes from you. Help us, Lord God, to look to you, to trust in you. You are our hope, our prayer, our God. Please help us to look to you and trust in you. Thank you, God, for your love. Pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If we can be of assistance to you, please do not hesitate to reach out to us by email or by phone and we'll be prompt to respond to you. God bless you and have a great week ahead.